people don't show up around you because of you. And if you want to alter your surroundings, there is one place and one place ever that you get to look, and that is inside. Welcome to the Have It All podcast, my friend. This is your new home for the world's most practical, no BS approach to everything personal development and spirituality. Hey, you want to break through in your finances, that sexy body, or the relationships of your dreams? Well, you're in the right place. You see, Guy and I have spent the last 16 years and over a million dollars investing in our own growth and development. And on this show, we promise to share with you only that which has made the greatest impact. This show is just the tip of the iceberg of what we offer here at Satori Prime. So if you're ready to delve deeper, you can also grab our state of the art app, which was just recently released. You can go to satoriprime.com forward slash app. And please make sure you request access to our amazing Facebook group, which is called Personal Development Without the Fluff. It's an amazing tribe of like-minded, heart-centered people that you will feel right at home with. We also share exclusive content there and invite you to some free exclusive trainings. So with that being said, let's jump into today's show. You know, Elon and I are uh, usually sharing with you guys like what we're working on, what's going on with our clients and stuff like that. And we had a really awesome conversation with one of our, our high end, what we call our Ascension clients this morning. And it's actually that was one of my, I think my favorite conversation we've had with him so far, hmm. mostly because of how he felt. Like how, like meaning, like how his he was approaching it. It was one of the first times I think since we started working with with this individual that I felt he wasn't trying to figure it out. Hmm. He was just he was just like I'm here to receive. I'm here to be curious. I'm here to open. I'm here to see what I see. And it's like there's a lot more. There was like a lot more play in his frequency than like a need to know and solve the problem, which is I think is a really beautiful transition to to make. But he brought up that old conversation about. <laughs> he mentioned like he had mentioned something about how uh, people in his family like talk about the weather and he's like why why do they talk about the weather he's like oh my god he's like yes it's not what we want it to be he's like there's nothing we could do about it and it kind of just had me remember like you know we've been sharing that for years but like how we're um, humans for the most part are organized around trauma sharing and what I mean by that is when you meet somebody you tend to find stories of like what makes us resilient to connect over. So if like two people have the same surgery or have been through bankruptcy or um, you know, like something that's challenging in life, something that's, that's made you more resilient. We get super excited about that. We high five each other. We bro hug each other, or, you know, sister hug each other, whatever. Um, and, and it's like, it seems to be that the conversation on the planet today is organized around trauma. Media propagates this obviously big time. And it's like, all right, well, what do we do about that? Right. Yeah. Like how, do, how, do, how do we change that conversation? Because even if you're the type of person who's like, wow, you know, like I see that in my life. It's not how I want to connect with people. Okay, well, you know, what is the question? And what came up for me is, uh, all right, so what's the, what's the opposite side of it? And we say that the opposite side of that is your ability to connect over what you dream about, what you aspire to, what your intentions are. And there's no point to add resistance to when those conversations are happening as a means to try to transform it, right? Like in all the years we've coached, I think something I've, I've definitely noticed is there's very, li- very little movement for somebody when you tell them what they need to change 
or what they could change or what they should change about how they're approaching or what they're doing, there's usually a lot of rapid shifting happening when you just talk about yourself as somebody who can relate to that experience and talk about how you shifted it. Like what was yeah. the perspective, what was the frequency or the conversations you had that allow you to kind of shift it yourself. So that's kind of where I wanted to take the conversation. Did anything, anything you want to comment? Um, no, keep going. Let's see, let's see where you take it. Let's see where I take it. Okay, cool. So, uh, so he was talking about his mom, which is you know a critical relationship for every single one of us. One that for, tends to be. He was talking about his mom. Yeah, his That's mom. Yeah, yeah. One about his mom, and obviously a critical relationship for all of us, and easily one of the more difficult ones, right? Is our parents, and and a lot of that has to do with the fact that the things that negatively go on inside our heads is pretty much all the conversations that we resisted that our parents are having with us. And then like you sit in front of your parents and there's that conversation on loudspeaker and physical form in front of you. It's like going to drive you mental. Right. So he was kind of talking about his approach and how he wanted to like shift this and make her aware of it. And da, 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 da. and like, again, the energy behind it is like, she needs to change. Right. Like she's got to shift this and here's how it would. And, and it's coming from a good place. Like he wants her to be happier and he wants her to be more fluid and relieve herself. But, you know, here's a woman who probably has, you know, 60 years of programming around trauma sharing. Chances are one conversation is I can be like, oh, honey, thank you for you know, making me aware of that. And I will show up completely different going forward. So first we talked about like, you know, how do you present a conversation to somebody that allows for the door to open to like new ways of being, new ways of listening, et cetera. And I, and I kind of proposed to him, I'm like, hey, look, you know, the conversation always gets to come from where do I take responsibility? Because like clearly in his life, he's shown up as somebody who is organized and shared around trauma. We all have. I mean, I'm guilty of it just like anybody else is. And I said, well, you know, the first thing to do is be like, hey, you know, guys, I noticed that a lot of the times when I talk to people and it's I'm uncomfortable or I'm trying to connect or something like that. Like I'll talk about the weather, I'll talk about politics, I'll talk about all these things that are kind of creating negativity in the world. And you know what? I noticed that like it's really not how I want to connect with people. I really want to start connecting from my dreams and my aspirations, you know, my intentions in life. And I want to just create that every day. And I feel like that always makes me feel better. It's like, are you guys interested in maybe playing a game where every day we share our intentions or every day we talk about, you know, you know, here's my dream and here's how I did something today that moved me, moved the needle towards getting closer to that dream. And I think your average person's not going to be like, no, I want to continue talking about the other. I love talking about Donald Trump all the time. Like, you know, all that kind of crap. And it's like, so th there's like an invitation there versus trying to convince somebody to something. And it also creates a space for that in the future, when you are trauma sharing, which is inevitably going to happen, you could be like, hey, remember we made that, a, we kind of said we're going to play this game. Is it okay if we like shift the conversation? And then there's like, there's openness there to show up a different way and people don't feel like you're invalidating their experience. They're like, oh yeah, you know, we are talking about the weather again. Like, let's create some intentions or something like that. And I think that's really, really kind of like where the conversation started from. So, um, that's worked extremely well in my life. And I, and I know it has because the community of people that we keep around us today, the majority of the conversations that we have are around dreams, aspirations, what we're creating, our intentions. Um, very rarely do I talk about the weather or politics. It, came, it even came up yesterday. I'm like, this is weird. Like, we never talk about this. Um, so, Well, what's, what's the talk about in San Diego when it comes to weather? Oh, it's 70 degrees and sunny outside. It's a little chilly today. <laughs> it's it's a it's a it's a balmy it's a it's a freezing 62 it's a t-shirt chili day 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, anything you want to reflect on any of that? I just, if someone could just look at it, not from a place, look, it's all perspective, right? So at the end of the day, the one perspective is you can get upset that someone is talking about the weather or talking about their trauma or the news or politics or whatever, right? What I've started to listen to is at the end of the day, and, and we've coached thousands of people, like, what would you say? And, and I'm sure you'll probably get this within one or two guesses. Like, what would you say is as a human being, like, what do we seek more than anything else? I would say love at the core. Yeah. I think, I think it shows up as being accepted and they accepted and honored us who we are. Yeah, exactly. It was literally the two words that came to mind, right? So like the number one thing that human beings seek more than anything at our core is to be loved and accepted. And so when I hear someone talk about politics or the weather or sharing their trauma, I stop to listen to from an upset of like, oh, my God, here they go again, sharing that annoying story or, oh, my God, here they go again, talking about Trump, like blah, blah, blah. Right. Like I've started to listen to, wow, this person is really seeking to connect. Right. Because why do we talk about things that like at that level is because we think that that's going to give us the highest percentage of acceptance, the highest percentage of someone going like, oh, I can talk to you about this because this is in the news. This is like a little bit of a tangent, but I'm just going to say because it's there for me to say, I don't listen to the news. And when I talk to people about I don't listen to the news, what's the number one thing that everyone tells you when you don't listen to your news? What, you don't want to be informed? Exactly. That, that amazing word. It's amazing. Like I guarantee even before a guy said it, every single one of you already said it. Think about that. Why do we all use that same phrase? Guess what? Because the news are well marketed. And that's the tagline. Stay informed. And if you're not informed, you're less than the rest of us, right? Like you won't be accepted if you're less informed. And if you start to just think about that for a second, you're like, how does that make any fucking sense? Yeah. It's so, like your, um, it's like the culture code of news. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So once I, I started to kind of come from that perspective, just talking about the news ever, did you ever, honestly, like if, if the goal was, I want to feel more love and acceptance. Well, when you talk about the news or the weather, do you ever feel more connected to that human being? Right. So like clearly what we are seeking is not what we are creating by doing that, which we have been programmed to do by society. And I would venture to say, and this is just a guess because I haven't been to every single country. I would venture to guess that in other societies and other cultures, that doesn't exist because they have a different program around seeking love and acceptance. And some might be better and some might be way worse and whatever. I'm, I'm just saying, like, I, I would venture to guess that it, it's different. So for me, like, if that occurs and it occurs with someone that I truly love, then the easiest way to do it is just to ask a question. Like just to ask a question, whether it's, what do people love to talk about? They love to talk about themselves. 
right? And what do they particularly love to talk about when they talk about themselves? Like things that they love, things that they're passionate about, things that they have a, a large understanding of, right? So if you know that someone is really passionate about, I don't know, uh, building their business, then like ask a question about what's happening in them. They're building a business, right? Like get curious and interested. I found it very, very easy nowadays. I used to get stuck in this pattern of like getting sucked into these conversations about people sharing traumas. Then I'd get upset. Then I'd feel all this stuff. Like, why is this fucking person talking about this again? I don't want to talk about this again. And now I'm just like, okay, flag. They're seeking love and acceptance. What's something or what's a way that I can ask a question that we can just switch the topic or change to, to something that I can actually engage in that. And we can truly could create love and acceptance. Well, I think that's, uh, that's great. Yeah. Um, and, and this is kind of a good segue to, I think uh, the next part of this is that no matter what, it, what experience somebody's having, everything starts with verifying and validating that experience, right? Like one of the, one of like the basal functions of, of language, or at least what it enables within our own, headspace, so to speak, is that it starts giving us the ability to create a virtual reality space within ourselves. Like language gives you the ability to be in third density, fifth dimension, you could think in a timelessness fashion, you can think free of time, you can think in alternate dimensions, you can make abstract ideas, you can flip the world on its head, like you can take on any perspective inside your mind and you literally are creating a virtual reality space. Now, a lot of us are creating trauma for ourselves because we're also sharing trauma within ourselves. And if you guys look at, even when somebody's trying to make a shift with you, if there's any kind of languaging frequency around uh, what you need, what you should have, what you could have, anything like that, you're not like, oh, great. Like, this is amazing that they're making me wrong and it's making me see a new perspective. In fact, the moment you feel made wrong, you get defensive, you feel unloved, you you want to seek safety again. So actually like digging your heels more into what you know already, which is like your defensive and survival strategies, right? Um, and that disables you from actually being aware of like any kind of possibility or newness or connection and stuff like that. So it's like, what do we all want? We want to be validated for who we are, honored for who we are. And if your communication doesn't begin with that honor and validation of someone's experience, then they're going to very quickly go into their survival patterns, not really listen to you. And it's a really, um, very not effective way of creating shifts and transformation and and increasing communication and connection inside of a relationship. So we always want to start with our family and friends. If they do have varying viewpoint, not, not from a point of like an attachment of they need to see it my way. It's like, Hey, they see it how they see it. If we don't validate their experience or chances of even having a communication that could potentially, you know, alter, transform the way that they're thinking or anything like that goes from like, little bit to basically not null and void right so even in this situation with our our client like the first thing he gets to do is to validate his mom's experience also notice that whatever programming he has she probably has 10x of that her her parents have 10x of that more because that's it's been passed down and it's like deteriorating and evolving in time but it's like if you're challenged with that programming like imagine what their programming is like yeah right so he's dealing with issues of not feeling safe and not feeling love like the rest of us are. And he wants her to start having a new experience of life. Like he's starting to have, of course, which is super sweet. And at the same time, it's like, you know, her system has 60, 70 years of programming of you're not good enough. So it's like, you gotta, you gotta coax the system a little bit at a time to take these little like sips of newness of life, right? Like, okay, mom, it's okay to share this. 
oh, you know, like, it's sweet that you, you know, like that. It's like, wouldn't it be fun if we did this, this, and this? And it's like, do you think there'd be a greater experience of love? And she's like, yeah, I think there would be. Her system's like, wow, you know, we get to share that and it's like safe, right? And as that comes over time, so like even uh, in our family right now, there's like, our parents are having specific challenges after like wanting to move locations and all these kind of things. Like, I won't get into all the details, but like specifically around my mom's like a work situation. And for a few months now, we've been having these conversations. Like now, like most of us, we have very little training about, about around emotional IQ and like emotional well-being. Certainly, how to process emotions properly and surrender and let go and like fully feel and stuff like that. And and my parents are no exception. So it's been like a few months of conversation with uh, with mom about like basically like coaxing her to feel safe to go through certain experiences. And this last week, though, when we had a conversation, like something just clicked in, and she started kind of you know, surrendering to that a bit more, seeing how that is creating a new experience for her and how she's showing up differently in her workspace and only things that were bothering her or bothering her. And it's just taking time. So I told them the same thing. I'm like, you know, we all want to have these this one and done conversation. We want to just take the band-aid off, have this quick push the button fix, you know, click the app and, and mom's working a new way. But it's like, again, there's so much stuff between you and them, so much stuff between programming for decades that have occurred it's like if you're going to introduce a new idea to somebody there are certainly moments of satori where people have incredible amount of clarity and and choose from one way of being to another way of being and even then like the old one's still gonna like rear its head there's just a lot more awareness suddenly that gives a person flexibility to not make themselves wrong when that's happening and fluidly move back towards like a new way of being and at the same time when you're really introducing new ideas to people it takes time because they're trying to figure it out and the irony about trying to figure it out is that the more you try to figure it out, the actually the less that you end up seeing. <laughs> and, and and then just, it, it's like the key to it, as far as I can tell, I think Elon would agree, is like remaining curious of like what else is there. And a lot of times we're like, we're curious for a second. We're like, oh, well, mom could shift. That'd be awesome if she did. You know, there's that curiosity. And then she doesn't. And we're attached to the fact that she's not. And it's like, fine, mom's never going to change. She's always going to be that way. Instead of just being like, well, there's always an opportunity for shift. And I'm going to be really patient and graceful with my mom. And we're just going to keep having these conversations a little bit at a time and kind of like coax this new way of being out of her and coaxes strong word. It sounds like I'm saying like manipulate this new way out of them. But it's more like introduce an idea that has them start feeling safe with like new ways of being. You know, what What just came up for me as you were sharing, it's like, if you're doing that stuff with an attachment to a person shifting or being some other way than they are, then you're just setting yourself up for disappointment. Because, okay, so you go through one conversation and they don't do it and you're like, okay, you know, I, I, I don't care. Like, I'm just going to do that thing. Great then conversation two happens and the same result happens. And now you're like, "Mm, okay. And even if you're, you know, highly spiritual, let's say, then you're, you, you, you're going to let it go. And there's already a slight upset there, right? Like how many conversations are you willing to have with that agenda in the background of like, I'm going to have this so that this person alters. And you said something on the coaching call, which I thought was really interesting because like one of the things that we've, we've been doing is we have coaches who are now Satori Prime accredited coaches. They help us run some of our programs and do some of our uh, one-on-one stuff. So when we're training them and something shows up for them, we're never, ever, ever looking at the other person. Uh, we're never, ever, ever looking at the coach. I'm sorry. We're never, ever, ever. My, my brain's a little slow, guys. Yeah. 
we're never, ever, ever looking at the other person. We're always looking at the coach. And so not looking at the participant, we're looking at the coach. Yeah. Yeah. One, One of the ways that the participant gets to have a massive breakthrough is when the coach has their breakthrough in that specific area. And so if you're having an issue with, I don't know, an issue, if you're, you're having a situation with any human being on the planet, it could be your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, partner, relative, whatever. If there's a shift that you're like, oh my God, if they just only had this, like our lives would be so much better. Then I would just offer to take a look at your own life in that specific area, because what that person is showing to you is where are you, where you are unwilling to look at where you do that same thing. And maybe it's not exactly that same way. It is though somewhere that you're not dealing with. So if you're looking at someone's like, oh my God, it's so annoying. They're constantly complaining. Hey, look at where you complain. If you're dealing with someone and they are being lazy and that really upsets you, it has nothing to do with them being lazy. It's like, look where you're being lazy. And how you haven't checked in on like your laziness, you know, so all these people in our lives are always there to just deliver very clear messages. The fact that you're getting triggered by that person should already not should can already be an opportunity for you to look at and go, huh, how interesting. Where am I like that? Where do I not deal with this in my life? Because when you have that breakthrough, right? Like you're an energy field and around that energy field, people get to show up a very, very certain way. So I was having a conversation with a, with a buddy recently at a mastermind and we were talking about alcoholism and people being addicted and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, like, look, when, when someone in your life that you love is, is dealing with alcoholism, right? Don't, I think any normal human being would really want to offer them all the help and assistance and offer them how they can make that change, et cetera. Right. And it all comes from this place. I know this is going to sound crazy to some of you, but it all comes from this place of there's something wrong with that person. And so all this fixing that you want to do, it's like, Oh, if I could only fix them, if I can only right, like if someone wanted to fix you, how does that make you feel? Are you like, yay, come and help fix me? You're like, fuck you. I'm not broken. Even if that thing is something so destructive as drugs or alcohol to that person, that's not what they hear. They're hearing like there's something wrong with me. So I pointed something out to him, um, which I think was like really shocking, which I want to share with you guys is like he's showing up a certain way. And because he's showing up a certain way, this other person is showing up a certain way around him. And I said something like super extreme. I said, you know, if Jesus Christ showed up into this home and was sitting with this person, do you believe that this person would still be acting the same exact way? Mm -hmm. And I don't know to what level you guys, you know, believe in energy or Jesus or whatever. I'm talking about like the consciousness of, right? That energy. If, if, if I sat in a room with Buddha, I've sat in rooms with people who are special. Like I, I, I didn't even speak to them, but being around them, I was like, oh my God, I, I felt heightened, right? Like their vibrational frequency elevated my vibrational frequency. And in that elevation, naturally, like all of these things that are holding me back, 
are going to naturally be released. So with that being said, like the work that we get to do is always internal because there is no external. People show up around you the way they show up around you because of you. People don't show up around you because of you. Like it's just you. And if you want to alter your surroundings, there is one place and one place ever that you get to look and that is inside. Hi there, my friend. And I just wanted to pause here just for a quick second and say thank you. Thank you for being a valued, loyal listener because I just heard a really cool stat from the people that help us put our podcast together. And they told me that 90% of you, the listeners, are also subscribers of the show, which is awesome because A, it means that you really love us. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, But seriously, it means that the show matters to you. So with that in mind, I don't know if you know this, but I wanted to personally invite you to our Satori Prime tribe. You see, we have a private Facebook group called Personal Development Without the Fluff. Um, And it truly is the best place for you to come hang out with Guy and I personally, as well as the rest of your Satorian family. And it's in this group that we share exclusive content. Uh, We invite you to private free trainings that we hold. So if you're digging any of the podcast content, then make sure you head over to Facebook right away and just ask to be added to this group. I promise you, you will absolutely love it. And hey, when you get in there, It'd be awesome if you introduce yourself to the community. Let us know where you're coming from and help us connect with you because we love you and we want to connect with you. So with that, thank you so much again for being a loyal listener. And now back to the show. Cool. Um, So there's a question here and I like the question. So, and I think you're touching upon it, but I think we can expand on it with this question. And I'll put your question on the screen. It said, uh, it would be a great thing if the other person was open to have a conversation to begin with. How do you connect with someone who will not let you in? So Leanne, with this situation, like, um, and you don't have to tell me, uh, I would ask you like, what's the relationship? And so if like, it's a stranger. Okay. Well, I, uh, whatever. Uh, I kind of want to show a few perspectives. So if it's like a stranger, that's one thing. If it's someone who's really close to you, totally different thing. If it's a stranger, look, people have different approaches to how they want to connect again, to how they open up to people, to how they receive. Um, listening is an, is an interesting thing, right? People, people think of like a listening as like a one way phenomena. Like we we're actively listening to the other person, but it's like on the opposite side of that, everything is in a relationship, right? Right. Guys, like we relate to ourselves, we relate to other people, we relate to our businesses, we relate to our husbands and wives. We have a relationship to money. It's all relationships. So, uh, listening lives inside of a relationship and oftentimes where there is no listening is where there's something going on that's out of integrity. So it's usually based around some kind of broken agreement. So with parents, this is a really easy one, right? Cause you spend a lot of time with your parents and there's a lot of things you guys have said to each other that were like, oh, I'm definitely going to do this or I'm not going to do this anymore. And guess what? You end up going to do that thing or not doing that thing again. It creates a broken agreement. Now a lot of people, what they do is just, they just bypass it. They think that time heals all wounds. So it's like, oh, if we just avoid it, we don't talk about it. You know, they need to take responsibility. And when they take responsibility, I'll take responsibility. Like like that kind of stuff that that is really pervasive and commonplace, unfortunately, right now in communication. Um, and it's like there, there's something there. If it is about your father, most likely that's some kind of broken agreement where the listening has fallen out. And when listening falls out, there we can't. There's no space to make a difference with somebody else because in the background is always like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, you do that too or whatever it is. So 
Um, in moments like that, in situations like that, uh, it's prudent for us to go look at what we need to take responsibility for. And you might be asking yourself, well, what do I take responsibility for? Great question. Usually what you're blaming them for, what you're making them wrong for, is what you get to take responsibility for. Everything you think that they're doing, chances are you're doing the same thing. This happens, I mean, we see this all the time, but it's like if somebody cuts you off in the car because they're driving erratically, two seconds later, you're chasing them down the highway, doing 100 miles per hour, yelling at them, hand out the window, yelling obscenities, doing the very thing that two seconds ago just upset you about what that person was doing, you've now become the very thing that upsets you. So we do this a lot. It's like you see somebody get angry, what does that do? It gives you the right to be angry. You see somebody who's sad, right? Like we we just we we mirror very quickly. And then what ends up happening is exactly Landon said, yep, you're they're a mirror. So this is what happens. We start blaming and we we blind ourselves to the fact that we're actually the one who's doing that very thing. So when we walk up to somebody and we're like, hey look, you know, what I've noticed is is that I've been making you wrong for X, Y, and Z, I've been doing that because when I was seven years old, you did this to mommy or you said this or blah, 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 blah. And I've literally been holding this grudge against you this entire time, pretending that blah, blah, blah. And that, that the moment we take liability for sourcing something in a relationship, and this is distinct from fault and blame, guys, the responsibility is your ability to stand at the source of what occurred. It's not about faulting and blaming and shaming yourself and all the things that people say in society. Now, this is two completely different things. It's just your willingness to say, I could see how I created that. or and, and technically everything that's happening in your life, you have the ability to say that because if you're experiencing it, chances are you sourced it. And that creates this opportunity to have a conversation where you get to get clear, you get to put integrity back in. Oftentimes, and this is not to get attached to this, but oftentimes in those types of conversation, the other person will be like, you know what, there's been this thing that I've also been holding on to, right? Um, and, and they have an opportunity to get that complete also. Uh, and this is so much of what happens when we sit inside of a 50-50 distribution of responsibility model, as most of the world is living in. There, it just creates stalemates everywhere and no movement. And then people don't talk to their family members for 10, 20, 30 years. And you ask them, you're like, why are you not talking to this person? They can't even remember anymore. They just remember that they're supposed to be angry. And they, they get so attached to that. And it just really takes somebody taking that responsibility, being at the source and saying, hey, I'm not committed to this relationship. And it's and, and if I had to ask you guys, if your choices were to hold on to grudges, like be an asshole, be angry, all these things versus taking responsibility, which might make you feel whatever it makes you feel for a short period of time. And on the opposite side of taking responsibility, you get to have empowered relationships. The listening's back in. Love is present. Connection is there. All those things. It's like, if, if all those things are available out of taking responsibility, it's small potatoes to tell somebody that, hey, I messed up. I've been holding on to this thing. I'm not committed to that anymore. Here is what I'm committed to. I'm committed to a great relationship with you. And like, how do we get to explore that in a new way? Suddenly listening's back in. You can make a huge difference. The entire relationship can shift literally in, in a moment. And I'm, I'm telling you from this personal experience of doing that kind of work for 15 years, the funny thing is, is that even if you get that, which is awesome. If you like understand it, it's so important to apply that on the court and see that work and how about how a conversation that impacts a life because most people go through an entire life with actually, without actually having the experience of what that is. And once you see the impact you can have on somebody else by taking responsibility on, on them and on you, 
it's something that you're like, whoa, I didn't realize that happens because we're so scared to do that. We're so scared to be seen as the bad person or as the person, you know, who, who did something wrong. And we're not this pristine freaking angelic person that we all pretend like we are. Um, and then the moment you do that, it's just like it's a whole new way of being arises when you start seeing the power of taking responsibility and then watching how that um, has a domino effect on everyone in your life, because suddenly everyone's much more open to sitting at source, taking responsibility, having these types of conversations, it, it, it'll just change your life. It'll change your life. So hopefully that helps you out, Leanne. Yeah. I mean, the thing that I think is really important to understand is the only real reason someone doesn't want to communicate with you is because they're hurt. You know, something happened, they got hurt, and then they have an expression, right? Like certain people, when we get hurt, we shut down. Certain people, when we get hurt, we, we close off and run away. Other people get really angry. That's, that's pretty much why, right? So if you come from that place and you realize that this person in my life is just hurt, you could be right about whatever happened, but as long as you're right about whatever you perceive to have happened with this person, you don't get to have that relationship. And for a lot of people giving up that they're right about what happened or what this person did or didn't do is really difficult. So when the desire to create a connection true connection and a relationship with that person again is greater than being right about the person, right? Well, they don't, they don't want to talk to me. Every time I try, they don't want to talk to me. Okay. Because you've tried a certain ways. I'm yet to start a conversation with, Hey, I've been a real asshole and I'm really sorry. I'm yet to have a single person that I start a conversation like that. Go, I'm not interested. Uh, so Landon asked this question, so you're, you're kind of answering it right now, so I just want to pop it up on the screen. He says, how do you initiate the conversation uh, when someone else is stuck, quote-unquote, when they mo won't move and at least have that conversation? So I just want to... <laughs> so this is exactly what Elon's talking about. Most people don't start the conversation from, here's what I'm going to take ownership of. They start the conversation with like some kind of compromise or trying to show the other person how they've made them feel or made them wrong. And that's not being at source. That's still living in that 50-50 uh, responsibility distribution model, which is like you t when you take ownership, I'll take ownership. But guess what? They're waiting for you to take ownership. And you're waiting for them to take ownership. When no one's taking ownership, nothing moves forward. And time does not heal that wound. <laughs> Time makes you avoid that wound. <laughs> yeah. So, or, or it makes the wound get bigger and bigger because there's always proof to – it's like salt on the wound every time. They hear you do something or not do something. It just grows and grows it's and more, grows. It's more evidence, right? Like you show up late to something or you say something to another person. They're like, oh, God, they're doing that again. There right? they go again. And, and that person might notice that for like a split millisecond, but it, it adds up in the system as the system remembers you a certain way. Uh, it was that old uh, Jenna Jackson song, like, what have you done for me lately? The thing that people remember is the thing that they, you did last. <laughs> and, and they build off of that. Or, right? didn't. <laughs> or didn't do, right? Or didn't do, depending on their expectations. So Elon's kind of is right, or at least is presenting something that's something we found over the years is like, if you walk up to somebody and like, you just think about like, how have I been an asshole to this person? <laughs> like truly, and you, it might be nasty. Like you might have to look at yourself and be like, ouch, like that's me. I did that. 
But if you start the conversation with, hey, uh, can we have a conversation for a second? I want you to know I've been kind of a, you know, an a-hole to you and here's why. Like, who's not interested in that? If somebody walks up to you and says, you're like, oh, please tell me why you've been an asshole. Like, you know, they're, they're, they're yeah. fascinated with you. They're please like, really? All the really? reasons I believe you're an asshole. Yeah. But here's, here's the point, though. It's not just to be funny. It's like you've captured their listening now because they're hearing something that's like, okay, this is interesting. They're taking ownership of something. I want to know what that's about. And if it like, they're going to be like, whatever you've discovered, they've known about you for a really long time about that about you and how you show up around people they're gonna be like yeah i've known that about you for a long time i wasn't quite sure how to tell you or i didn't really quite know how to articulate it i really appreciate you bringing that up so here's been my experience and then suddenly gives them this like opening to like share authentically with you like how you've shown up in their life now if you can remove your ego in that point of like if you're really coming from taking a responsibility there's no ego there because now you're inviting that in you're saying like i want this feedback because it's gonna it's gonna effectively uh, help me see how i can you know, show up differently in this relationship in a way that's more effective towards what I'm committed to. It's amazing. Like when we ask for feedback, it's amazing what you can listen to. When people just volunteer it, it just sounds like criticism and we really can't listen. Um, you know, we've, we've been doing this practice for many, many years where we, we actually have our students like interview the people in their lives and we have them ask very specific questions to the people in their life. And those are normally things that would be so difficult to listen to. And when you do this exercise and you set it up in this way that you're like really just wanting feedback from your environment, the type of insights that people have, what's available to them in terms of like transforming conversations is just absolutely stunning. Like relationships change like that overnight. And you just took off the question and I just wanted to point out we're interviewing Landon for our uh, podcast uh, next week. So, or actually later this week on Wednesday. So I just want to read it back to you because language is is super insightful um, on where we're at. So how do I initiate the conversation when someone else is stuck? Your point of view of them being stuck is what you're being right about. Right? And it's like, these are the judgments that we're constantly creating. Like this person's stuck. Now, if, if to your mind and to your cellular everything you say to someone like that person's stuck if i say to you move this rock and you try try tried and then you were like this rock is stuck what do you think happens does your brain still try to figure shit out and go okay well maybe we can go this way or maybe we can get this device or maybe no it just goes that's immovable i'm not even gonna bother Right. And that's where we kind of like have all these subconscious things that just shut us down. And these are I know it's like it might sound nitpicky and it's an opportunity to look at like this is how we decipher our world. If you say to your brain in any way, shape or form that this thing is impossible, then the brain just goes, "Okay, fuck it. We're done with that. Right. And it's impossible. So and we communicate from that place because we communicate from our expectations. You yeah. know, if we walk, uh, Elon and I have this exercise where we say, hey, walk into this room and make make a make a case for what you want. Like, you know, enroll these people in what you're looking for. Now, I want you to walk into this room and I want and before you walk in, you know, with certainty that everybody in this room is going to be a no to what you're sharing. Like they don't they don't want to participate. How do you walk into that room and share? You're like, dejected. So yes, yeah, so you're like, I have this great thing. I know you guys are going to love it. And, you know, like, it's like, there's just no energy behind it. And that's the frequency you're sharing. Again, that's based on expectation. Now the same 
same thing. You walk into that room, you already know that everyone in that room with certainty is going to say yes to whatever it is you're, you're saying. You walk in there, you're like, yo guys, I got this amazing thing. Like, you're going to freaking love it. Like, we're going to get out of here. We're going to get in that van. We're going to go over there. Like, you know, it's just, it's a totally different thing. And, and it's so much based on that underlying frequency, what's going on. So, so many people think it's what you're saying and it's, it, there's an essence to that, but we all know this. It's like, we've said this so many times to people. It's not what you're saying. It's how you're saying it. And it's even deeper than that. It's not just how you're saying it. It's like, there's a belief behind how you're saying it. That belief has a frequency and that frequency is really what's speaking through you. And it's that frequency that's impacting the other person. I would totally agree. It's like, if the impression is, well, she's stuck, she's not going to listen to me. How do you talk to a person who you believe is stuck and is not going to listen to you? There's there's no opportunity there for you to even take responsibility because you've already shot yourself in the foot before you even started. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we in general as human beings, and again, this is just a a science-based phenomena. Your brain has one job and one job only, and that is to keep you alive and surviving, Right. To do that, it is constantly creating shortcuts, constantly about, and and that leads to generalizations, right? And so with that, as soon as you've labeled something, your brain already has all of the characteristics and programs that go along with that label. So simple things like ever go do something and you're like, I know I'm going to kick ass at this no matter what. Right. And meanwhile, you have this other person on the other side, like, oh, my God, every time I try something new, it is so difficult for me. It takes so much effort, so hard. I mean, do I have to tell you who's going to win at this game? Right. But we do this for everyone and everything and every person. How many people get into a car and like one person gets in a car is like, oh, my God, I love driving. And another person's like every, every time I get into a car, oh, my God, I'm so fearful. I hate driving, blah, blah, blah. Like that creates a whole world for you and everything that you do creates a whole world. So we paint people constantly. You have a painting of mom and you have a painting of dad and you have a painting of your brother and your sister and your your partner at work and your kids. And here's the thing that very few people understand. If something is painted a certain way, it cannot possibly show up any other way. Right. Like we're constantly waiting for people in our lives to wow us and and break the things that we believe about them. It's impossible. They can't show up that way into your filter and your perspective of reality because you've pigeonholed them and painted them into something very, very specific. I'll tell you an example from kids and and Landon, I know you can relate with this like. You know, there's parents that I roam around and all they do is they bitch and complain about their kids, about how their kids are this or their kids are that or their kids are annoying or their kids are loud or their kids, whatever. My wife and I realized that because we were just seeing it happen like they were. And I've said to a few people that I coach and like a few friends, I was like, just for a week, like just for a week. See if you don't complain about your kids and you actually just say amazing things about them to your spouse, to people around you. Every time you hear other people complaining, you just like, you know, this, this, and you just switch the gear on it. It's amazing how these little beings get to show up, right? And little beings are much more perceptive to energy than, than adults are. So if, if a little human being is experiencing it to that level, 
right? Imagine what happens when you've created a story in a painting about mom or dad for the last two, three, four decades of your life. Like they're not going to surprise you one day and show up differently. When you give up being right, when you take responsibility for, hey, dad, I've painted you this way. I've made you this way. Yeah. Leanne, by the way, if you're listening right now, you have a question. This is exactly what we're talking about. This is a great place to really tune in. And, and, I, and I want you to notice if you start having any kind of sensation in your mind that's saying, yeah, I get that, but, or I already understand that, but then you're actually not effectively listening to what Elon is sharing here. Because I promise you, if you really take on what we're saying here, this relationship between you and your father can have massive impact in your ability to effectively communicate to your father what's been going on. So it really starts with this. So, bro, if you can kind of like recreate that, because just to put it, so, so I take, so she's writing this. And, and man, this is where I'm going to challenge you, okay, in your belief. And I know I can do this because we have background of relatedness. So it's like, I take responsibility for all that I do, okay? My dad does not. <laughs> and it, it goes back to my children. Let's just focus on that, okay? So there's a belief here, he's hurting them, right? And there's this belief that I take responsibility for all that I do that my dad does not. If you truly took responsibility for all that you do, your father wouldn't have to. You would get that however he shows up is being sourced by the way that you experience your father. The mere fact that you think that he has to take responsibility tells me that I know that you're not taking responsibility. Exactly. And you he might be taking take responsibility. And you, and you're, exactly. And you might be taking partial the belief that he has to is what's stopping you from effectively having a transformative experience with your father. And until you give up that belief and are right about whatever you think your father needs to do in order to earn that back is the very thing that's stopping you from having the relationship with your father. Yeah. You can act, what, what you can take responsibility for is that you're making your father wrong that he's not taking responsibility. Exactly. Yeah. That would be... That, Awesome that place to start. Would would change the entire relationship if you really got that that's what's stopping you from actually having the very thing that you want. You've been waiting for him. It's so funny because we were just having this conversation with uh, Jason in, uh, in uh, Utah. Um, you're waiting for him to take responsibility for what he didn't, didn't do during your childhood. That's not his game. He didn't sign up for that. And I love the fact that like people that, that start their spiritual personal development journey, right? Like all of a sudden we're the barometer and like, you know, the, the, we walk around and be like, you should do this and you should do that. And you should do this and you should do that. And it's like, who the fuck are you a year ago before you started down this journey, you were the same asshole like everybody else. And now because you've like found out a couple of things, you're like, everyone should do this. They didn't sign up for the game. You did. And I will just leave you with this. There is no way someone is. I'll say it again. There is no way your dad is. There is just the way that you say your dad is. And you can replace dad with whatever you want, whether it's a person or a situation, or it doesn't matter. When you get that, then you could just take a step back and be like, whoa, I say my dad is X, Y, and Z. Or I'll, I'll take it another direction, which is really hard for people to understand, is I 
create my dad that he is not X, Y, and Z, right? Like we all know how that person is. It's sometimes the, the thing that we don't look at is like all the shit we make up about what they're not. Tony Robbins said this amazing line. And, and just so you guys understand, like, what was that that uh, Netflix uh, movie he did? Like, I'm not your guru or something? I'm not your guru. Yeah. And I just want to shift that people don't have a tough time understanding anything. It's more of like, what are they open to currently receiving? Nothing Nothing spiritual is really difficult to understand. It's are, you willing, to ha- are you willing to have the experience that allows for that frequency shift to happen? Yeah. Yeah. So I believe it was in that movie he was talking about his mom. And at some point, I don't remember how old he was. His his mom was an alcoholic. She was super abusive physically, mentally. Um, and she, I mean, Tony Robbins is a big dude. Um, his mom took his head and smashed it like through a wall. So like imagine a head going through a wall. Um, so that was just one of the things he shared. And to become the Tony Robbins you see and know today, he said one of the best lines. He said, I, I realized that I didn't get the mom that I wanted. I sure as hell got the mom that I needed. Because Tony Robbins wouldn't be who he is today, just like Elon wouldn't be who he is today, or Guy, or Leanne, or Landon, or anybody else listening to this. You wouldn't be the person you are today if your parents weren't exactly as they are and are not. Exactly. And that's the beauty. Like when you can come from that place, now there's a place of like gratitude. Because you're on your spiritual path and journey as a soul in your human form this time around, which you've probably done hundreds of times. In fact, you've probably been his dad or his mom or whatever, right? And you guys are playing out your role. He is playing out his role perfectly for you, Leanne. Perfectly. The fact that you're even having this conversation with us just proves how perfect of a dad he is for you, (laughs) right? And so like, I get, you know, could things be different? Yeah, because our brains are always like, well, if I only had that person's mom or that person's life, I'd be so much. No, that wasn't your life. Not this time. You've had that experience before. Now you get to have this experience. And once you start to kind of like really let that, I know a lot of the stuff that we talk about is probably hitting you guys here, right? Like it's very theoretical and conceptual and you're going to do all that stuff. The real work begins when it kind of like starts dropping in. And like you start feeling it more and you start feeling it in your body more and you just start experiencing it, not as just information and knowledge, but it becomes part of you. And when you start to view people as these perfect divine beings, and I'm, I am by no means perfect at this at all times. Like I don't do this. It's something that I practice and it's something that I desire to do more and more in my life, you know, but like, I went to pick up photos the other day and this guy is sitting there and he, you know, his eyes are going in two different directions and he's taken forever to get my photos. And he asked me my last name, like four different times and everything, like all the old programs are like, who is this moron? And why can't they just hire better people? Like I'm witnessing all of this just arise. And this is the shit that would drive me bonkers. I'm like, you're moving so slow. Why are you moving so slow? I got places to go. Blah, 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 right? Like all this stuff. And I'm sitting there listening to all of it. And I'm just looking at this man. I'm like, 
you're a divine being. <laughs> like you are a beautiful human God light. Thank you for being alive and thank you for being part of my journey. And it's a process. It's not like something like innately, you know, like this was the thought. It was like, oh my God, what a divine, beautiful light. Be-. No, the shit was like, she can't even see. And da, 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 da. <laughs> I get that, but like I could observe that, not be part of that and still yeah. witness this human being as the great. So right, like imagine if you could walk in and have an experience with your dad where all that stuff comes up and guess what? It's going to come up because you've, you have decades of practice and all this stuff comes up and you could just observe it and witness it and still in the moment choose. I choose not to listen to that. I choose to see the greatness in this man. I choose to see the love and light in this man. And you just listen from that place. You've been around people like that. And Leanne, like I, I know we've, we've had interactions before, you know, when people meet guy and I or communicate with guy and I in a room, like they share some unbelievable things that they don't share with other people. Why? It's not like we're asking certain magical questions. We're just sitting there with them and they feel compelled to share certain things with us. Why? Because I've realized through the time we listen in a very particular way. We don't listen like we know you. We don't listen from this place of like, you have to fit into some sort of mold. We just listen from this blank slate. And when you've been listened to from that place, it is cathartic. People love being in that space. And it's why we say like, you wanna know how spiritual you are? Go home and live at home for a week. Because the most programs, the most stuff that you have about your life and yourself and all that stuff comes from that world. So it's like that's the most triggering place for you. And if you could still bring that level of like I'm going to be there from nothing, I'm just going to be there with love and light and you get to do that at home. Oh, baby, that's like massive. And I think that's important, right? Even with like the situation, it's like we're not we're not invalidating. Like we get that's totally your experience. Yeah, I'm sure absolutely. we can find a t- I'm sure we could find a ton of evidence for it, and it would be super easy to agree with all of it. The opposite side of that, though, is when people really get the phenomenon of how much we live our lives to be right about things, and it's all about looking good, safety, survival, love, acceptance—all these things, right? All of it is to protect us. It creates some identity that seems to protect all that. However, when you get that holding on to just being right about something, how much it's taking away from you on the opposite side of the things that really matter to most of us, connection, love, um, harmony, vitality, like all those things, it's it's a gut check. Like, Leanne, I'm sure if we talked for a little bit, it, it would be a very serious gut check. And not because you're wrong in how you're doing it. It's because of what it's taking away from the experience that you could be having with your father and the amount of time that it's been doing that and noticing that, like, wow, I can shift that by just taking responsibility. It's, 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 it, it really does just kind of punch you in the stomach. And I, again, not because it's like you're bad and wrong, because it's like, holy wow, like I've really been wasting and spinning my, you know, I've wasted my time and spinning my wheels with this. Like, notice how that strategy is not having your father change. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the most important, th- important thing to realize is invalidating him. That strategy doesn't work for having him transform or for opening up lines of communication again. And what people think they're doing is they're listening to another, they're not. Most of the time, what we call listening is just someone's talking and you're talking to yourself in your mind. 
and you're not hearing what they're saying. You're hearing what you're saying about what they're saying, and it's not what they're saying. You haven't heard what they're saying in 40, 50 years. You know? And it's, that again, that responsibility that opens you back up to really listening. Wow, what, what has been his concern this entire time? Why does he take those actions? And you'll actually see that if you had that perspective like he has, you would take those actions consistent with that perspective as well. No one's perspective is invalid. We're more right or more wrong than anybody else's. It's just a perspective. And, and it never, never seems to work to invalidate people's perspective. We want to feel safe with what we believe. And then a little bit, open them up a little bit at a time to new ways of looking at things. And then just seeing what they see. Like Elon said, you don't have to go transform everything. And if this week, what you want to open up to is like just talking positively about your children and then getting curious about what, how that changes the relationship, that'd be a really good test to run for a week, wouldn't it? And just get curious about that. And not because we're telling you what to see, but it's like, what do you see when you just talk positively about your kids? What do you see when you just talk positively about the weather or about your friends or about your peers or about your business or about anything else? Like, and that's it. Just hyper focus on that for a week. What do you notice? What can I report back to me? Now let me give you a reflection based on my experience. Okay, like that. And that that exchange is really, really powerful. Awesome. Anything else you want to share? No. Beautiful. That was uh, super surprising surprisingly enlivening given that I've been dealing with a stomach bug for the last weekend and just felt completely uh, drained, just so drained and yeah. foggy. And, but that was great. It's funny. Cause I heard you on the call this morning and I heard how we alivened you up, which is why when you asked me if we should do the call today, I said, yes. Cause I, my intuition was that this would give you a little bit of uh, good, good vibes and get out of your own ego it about was. taking care of yourself. Yeah, it was. Cool. Beautiful. All right, guys. Awesome conversation, guys. Thank you so much for those of you who uh, asked questions and shared. I thought that was super engaging and dead on for what we were talking about. And I really hope it has you just get, you know, if anything else, not about invalidating, like getting curious about where you can take responsibility for what's happening in those relationships and really seeing how you can uh, impact it from that place. It's the only seat of observation uh, with responsibility that we've seen in 15 years that affects relationships quickly effectively um i mean overnight can shift it it's just like how deep are you willing to go with the fact that you sourced it and then let's see what happens when you do all right guys love you thanks for paying attention and being here with us and uh, we'll see you next time thanks guys bye everyone i really hope you enjoyed that awesome conversation as much as i did and as always thank you for your continued loyal support and your listening couple things. If you haven't already done so, make sure you go to Facebook right now and request to join our amazing private group. It's called Personal Development Without the Fluff. It's a quickly growing community with some amazing souls and amazing support. So if you've enjoyed this podcast, I can promise you, you will absolutely love that group. That's where we make all of our exclusive content available as well as trainings that are just for the group accessible to you and your fellow Satorians. So make sure you request access to that group immediately. Also, if you haven't done so already, we've put together an incredible app. You can go to satoriprime.com forward slash app and get immediate access right now to a 10-part mindset reboot training. It is an eye-opening, mind-expanding experience that you do not want to miss. Well, until we meet again, have an amazing day, my friend. I look forward to personally connecting with you and seeing how Satori Prime can help you in achieving your dream life real soon. Have an amazing day.